Good morning and welcome to the Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I am your guest host today. And I have a few questions for you. If you could meet a great revolutionary thinker and leader, if you could go up close and personal with them, finding out what they think about key issues in the world, how they see making revolution, how they look at some of the most controversial questions and sacred cows in society, as well as how they came to be the way they are. If you could go one-on-one with them and hear what they thought about humanity, about friendship, about poetry, about everything that goes into making life worth living, would you take the opportunity? These questions are an invitation, and they are what we are going to get into today on this program. Uh, We're going to share with you an excerpt from an interview with the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, that gives you a chance to do all of those things and more. And we're going to start out with just a little sound from him right now. The masses of people in the world, and this is very acutely and urgently posed now, the masses of people in the world cannot any longer afford. It was always terrible that these are the people ruling the world, but it's now acutely, acutely posed. We can no longer afford to allow these imperialists to dominate the world and to determine the destiny of humanity. They need to be overthrown as quickly as possible. All right, that was Bob Avakian, the foremost revolutionary thinker and leader in the world today, and that is just a taste of what you will get in this interview. We're going to play a a bigger portion of the interview in just a few minutes, but first, I'm very pleased to welcome here in studio with me two guests today. Andy Z is the main host of the Revolution Nothing Less show, um, the show that interviewed, that I co-host with him, that interviewed Bob Avakin. He's also the national spokesperson for Revolution Books. Andy Z, welcome. Thank you, Sansar. Great to be here. Back on the Michael Slate Show. Absolutely. In person, live here. Also joining us in studio is Noche Diaz. He is the national spokesperson for the Revolution Club's organizations that are bringing people forward, getting organized, a way that people can learn about and spread and propagate the revolution that is so urgently needed. Noche Diaz, welcome to the Michael Slate Show. Thanks for having me, Sonny, and thank you to both of you for uh, being part of bringing us these interviews. All right. So we have a lot to get into, and very shortly, um, at the heart of today's program, we're going to play an important excerpt from this interview. But I thought to get us um, situated, it'd be helpful, Andy, if you could tell us a little bit about the scope and significance of these Babavakian interviews. Well, as you know, Sansara, having been part of these three interviews uh, that are streaming uh, at uh, YouTube, the Revcoms, uh, there's nothing else like this. There's nobody else who's bringing what Babavakian brings. Um, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Look, all the things that people who listen to this station care about, whether it's the environment, the danger of war, uh, the, the massive refugee crisis right now, um, and uh, the, the situation with women being denied the right to abortion. And look, the, the, uh, the white supremacy and the oppression people, it's, you know, in late August in 2020, uh, Dijon Kizzy was murdered, shot in the back 15 times riding his bicycle. And just in the last couple of weeks, just in the last couple of weeks, they said there's no charges. How many times do people have to go through this? What is the, why does this keep happening? Well, what we should do is have more inclusion, sorry. We should have a, maybe a black president, maybe a black mayor of New York. How about a black woman mayor of, uh, of uh, Los Angeles? 
Now, come on, people. This is not solving anything. All these things are built into the system that we live under, and it's causing tremendous suffering for people. People are really struggling out there right now. You know, there's 10 people who have as much wealth as the 40% of the world's people. Three and a half billion people, even more. This has got to stop. And in this interview, these three interviews, you are getting the cold, hard truth. This is not prettified, but it is brought to you by Baba Baking with tremendous heart and soul. And that tremendous heart and soul brings to you a real revolution. It's hardcore for a revolution. We got to overthrow the system that gives rise to all this. But there's a vision in this of how we could live in a far better world. So there's three interviews there. You should start with number one because we get into in number one, how do we have to understand the world? You know, we say if you believe in things that don't exist, you're going to suffer tremendously. He goes into this and you learn a lot about him. And then in the second episode, the second interview, he goes deeply. We go deeply into how we could actually make a revolution and why there's an opportunity now where it could actually be made. And then in the third episode, uh, the one that just premiered last night, we get into what kind of society we could really live in. And you're going to meet somebody. You're going to hear, you go out there, go and Google Baba Vick. You're going to see a lot of BS out there about him. And if you have any integrity, any desire to end this suffering in the world, to deal with what these youth are facing all over the world and in this country, you're going to listen for yourself. And so I think maybe that's enough for me to say right now, because we're going to hear a very important part of the interview where he speaks to some of this question, speaks to the youth. And then you're going to see what the character of this person is. And then we'll get more into it later on. Well, that sounds good. Thank you, Andy. Um, I want to dive right into a very powerful excerpt from a portion of this interview that premiered last night, the third installment of the interview. And just to set the context... We begin by talking and asking Bob Avakian, who's been on the revolutionary road, somebody who has given his heart and soul to this fight to emancipate humanity for over 50 years. We ask him why it's right to want revolutionary state power. And he paints a picture of what could be done with power in the hands of the people, with their revolutionary leadership after they've overthrown, risen up and overthrown the system that we live under. We ask him about the Constitution for the New Socialist Republic in North America that he authored, a blueprint for how the new society would be organized, the laws, the educational system, all kinds of dimensions that most people haven't even thought about. Their sights are so low. And he gets into this. He gets into many other things that we discuss. And after he's painted this picture and brought this alive, I ask the question you're about to hear me ask on the tape, and you'll hear his answer. Let's dive into it now. Well, you've led us right back to something we wanted to return to before wrapping up this interview, which is um, the tremendous potential that it's clear you see in those at the very bottom of society. Youth in particular at the base of society caught up catching the worst hell, the youth and others in the prisons, which you said the brother on the block or on the street, people who right now their guns are pointed at each other to way too large a degree. Um, all of the vision of what you've described of what's possible to do with state power is not going to happen if we don't make a revolution. And yet this is a section of people who are very critical to the revolution we need. So I wanted to give you and we wanted to give you one uh, further opportunity to, to speak directly to those who are catching the worst hell and treated as the worst of the worst. What is their role in this revolution and to those going out to them? How should we do this? Well, 
I say there, there's both a personal dimension to this and a larger scientific dimension to it. I know that things have gone on for generations now. I mean, I know some people told us, well, you can't, you can't bring forward these youth. They might have been revolutionary once back in the day of the Black, Black Panther Party or what, the 1960s. But there's been generation after generation caught up in this bad now, so there's no potential anymore. Yes, there is potential. And in, in, in one sense, it's exactly because they have been caught up in it generation after generation that there is potential. But you're not going to see it if you're just looking on the surface and what people are into. You have to go a little deeper with people. And I'll just introduce a personal dimension to this, which is very real for me. When I, when I see, you know, and whenever I get a chance to interact, and I do sometimes with some of these youth you're talking about, I see people that I knew when I was coming up. Not that I was, came out of the same place they did, but people that I knew, you know, and I, I know what their potential was. You know, I've talked about this before, I've written about it before. You know, I had a friend, Billy, who was, was, got into the life and got killed, you know, while he's still in his 20s, caught up in a lot of bad and did bad but also had a whole other side to him. Had a curious mind, a sharp mind, you know, had a lot of very good, you know, uh, sentiments toward people, ways of relating to people. And, you know, you, you could not ha have told me that somebody like that couldn't be transformed to become a revolutionary because I knew better. And that's just a personal, and I knew other people in the same situation. I was, I was very fortunate to know people in this situation, you know. People who open their hearts to me the same way I did with them, you know, that that's what it means to be friends. And you, you learn what's deeper beneath the surface of what's going on and why people are into the bad they're in. And, you know, how constricted, how limited and confined their lives are and their choices are, you know, as, in terms of how things are presented to them. And, and so that's like, on the basis of that personal experience, I don't care that generations, I mean, I don't care, but it doesn't tell me because generations have gone on that, that these aren't basically the same people. They are the same people, you know, and when I interact with them, whenever I get a chance, and it's far too rare, but it's very precious, I know they're the same people. So that's on, like on the personal level from personal experience, but more scientifically, you can analyze where do the actual interests of these youth lie? You know, look, I've spoken this before. Look what it means when even for a brief time, people in this situation rise above this. And I mentioned this prisoner strike in Alabama, and people are talking about how they've overcome the divisions of gangs and clique and this kind of thing. You know, it's not going to last because of the conditions they're in. But it's very significant and precious when it happens. Or, you know, I've made this point about the truce that followed, you know, the gang truces that followed the 1992, you know, L.A. rebellion, which really wasn't just L.A. rebellion. It spread around the country. And, you know, how hard people tried to overcome generations of divisions and back and forth revenge. You know, I mean, to me, one of the most inspiring and moving things I've seen in decades was the picture after the L.A. rebellion, you know, besides, you know, blacks and Mexicans tonight, together tonight with graffiti, 
You know, there is a picture of a blood and a crip with their arms around each other. And that wasn't just for show. That was something real and something deep. And they tried, they really tried to overcome this, and they put forward a program, but their program was just a program that had no basis, and it was also just actually mirroring this existing system. It was a program to establish more black businesses to enable some of these people caught up in the gangs to get into you know, the economy by way of business and so on. And there's no material, there's no economic basis for that on a broad scale. And it wouldn't lead to the liberation of people either because you know, a few people might get into business, but then you know, most people can't. And plus the ones who do are gonna be employing other people and exploiting them whether they mean to or not. You know, but still, look how, look how hard people tried. And there was a prisoner you know, uh, uh, strike in California a number of years ago, the same kind of thing. Yeah, the gangs are still in there, and yeah, there's bad but they, they rose up and overcome that for, overcame that for a short period of time. And that shows the potential, and it also shows that there's something deeper in people than what they're doing every day and what they're caught up in, that they, they you know, reach for something better, something higher, they, they want something different, you know, and if you, if you get people away from what they're caught up in and talk to them heart to heart, they will, they will tell you in many cases, most people want something different, even if they're caught up in this and they don't know how to get out of it. And that's where we come in, the revolutionaries, the people who have come to understand that there's a whole different way. We have to go to the, these youth and others. Yes, we need to go to the educated youth. You're not going to make a revolution without people from the educated youth. That's very important for the revolution, including critical and creatively thinking people who have a capacity to you know, work and grapple with complicated ideas. We need that. But we, your question is very much to the point about you know, these more you know, youth down on the, uh, on the street, you know, the, the hardcore youth. You know, there is burning within them because nobody, look, nobody wants to live the way these youth are being forced to live. You could take all of, maybe a few, you know, really into it, you know, and this is really their thing, but nobody, if you're talking about, I shouldn't say nobody, but overwhelmingly, people don't want to live the way people we're talking about are forced to live. But this system, we could go into why and how, you know, it, it de-industrialized, you know, all these areas that people live in, you know, like the south side of Chicago used to be these factories and gigantic steel plant, U.S. steel, that people used to work at. Gary, Indiana, which is now a ghost town, had the biggest steel plant in the entire world, I think, going back a few decades. And a lot of black people work there. Those places are closed down. These youth coming up, they have no future. And that's because of the workings of this system. And there is a burning down there. It may be simmering. It may be just a flickering flame, but there is a burning for something better. And it's up to us to provide the vehicle and the means for all these masses of people in this situation, including these youth, to become part of fighting for something better. And yes, it goes back to the previous thing. We're not going to do it without a lot of struggle. You got to break through the surface. You got to break through the bullshit. You got to break through even the hardcore shit to get down to where people really live and feel. And then you got to struggle with them about what your life should really be all about. 
What is really worth dedicating your, and if necessary, even giving your life to? Not that we take that lightly. We certainly don't. You know, we understand that, you know, as Mao said, of all things in the world, people are most precious. And people's lives are precious to us. But even if you have to give your life, give it for something worthwhile, something that's going to mean something for you and people like you all over the world and for the little ones. And don't tell me you don't love the little ones. I see you out there pushing the little ones around. I see the pride that you have in the little ones. So don't tell me you don't care because I know different and I know better. And there is a way, but we got to give people the way. And that means a tremendous amount of struggle. It's not a, just handing them away and they're going to take it. It's a tremendous amount of struggle. You know, and we have to also, especially in this rare time when revolution becomes more possible, we have to get right down on the ground with them and explain in terms they can understand and then get in more into the complexities as we go along. But get to the basic thing that there is a way out of all this. And right now, we have more opportunity than, we, than we've had in your lifetime or my lifetime to do this. And we can't afford to be wasting this time and this opportunity in bullshit. We got to get with this revolution so we can get all this shit off of our backs and make a future for the next little kids you're pushing along that's worth living for. So they don't have to go through what you are going through now, which isn't what you wanted to go through, but it's what the system has put you in the place of to have to go through. We have to go and present this to them in a living way. There is a way out of this. It's not an easy way. It's not a guaranteed way, but it's a real way. It's a real possibility, especially in this time when we're talking about where the conditions are more favorable for revolution, even as they're tending right now towards something terrible. With the ruling class divided and fighting each other, with society being ripped apart, with the potential for this to rip apart all the dominant institutions in society. You know, one of these youths said, well, you know, if I get with your revolution, my chances of being taken out are just about 100%. But if I do what I'm doing, going up against people like me, maybe my chances are 50-50. Well, that's just wrong, like I've said before. You know, it's wrong in terms of what your life should be about, and it's wrong in terms of, you know, uh, the, the possibilities for revolution. Because we have a real strategy, and we have a real, you know, method to grapple with the problems that lie on the road to revolution and actually break through and gather more and more forces to where a revolutionary struggle for power could actually have a chance to win. And you can't ask for more than that. You can't ask for more than a chance to win to get this whole thing off your back. And this is what we're aiming for, and this is what we got to take to people and explain to them and struggle like hell with them about what speaks to their deeper feelings and hopes and aspirations, not just the shit they're caught up in on the surface. So I say both from personal experience, which is limited, I know, but it tells me something, but also by scientific analysis and by learning from all different kinds of sources and, and getting every bit of knowledge I can, that there is a potential there and we have to go and make that potential become a reality and make the struggle with people to become emancipators of humanity. And we start winning some, 
It's going to provide the basis to win more, and it's going to be, become a pole of attraction, and what people would really like to jump to will start getting expressed when they see a growing force out there that's real. And so this is my answer. We got to, you know, we have what these youth and the massive people need, but it includes a lot of struggle with them, and we have to go and take that to them and wage that struggle because this is for ending all the shit that they're, that they're being forced to go through and all the shit that humanity is being put through and that they're threatened with now with the destruction of the environment and this danger of nuclear war among these imperialists, we have to go to the people and give them the means to do what deep down they would love to do if they could understand scientifically that there's a basis for it. So that's what I would say. All right, so that was the voice of Bob Avakian from the three-part interview conducted by the RNL, the Revolution Nothing Less show. You are now listening to The Michael Slate Show. I'm Sansara Taylor, your guest host, and I also had the honor of conducting that interview as part of the Revolution Nothing Less show together with one of our guests in studio here today. We'll hear from him in just a moment, Andy Z. I know a lot of people who listen to The Michael Slate Show. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people have connections to the youth, either come from those at the bottom of society that Bob Avakian was speaking so powerfully directly to, or have connections to those trapped at the bottom of society, catching the worst hell. And a lot of other people tuned in care deeply about what is being done to these young people on the street, in the prisons, and in what they're caught up in. And so particularly those of you who, who have these connections, we want to hear from you when we open up the phone lines. Uh, there was a lot that B.A. said. How did it strike you? There's a lot that he said about the potential, but also the need for struggle. He talked about the L.A. rebellion and the gang truce. Again, I know there are people who lived through this and, and had their hopes elevated and their aspirations ignited by this, but also saw this suffocated by this system. We want to talk about what that represented and how that needs to be further unlocked and the difference it can make with the leadership that's being provided in this interview to be connected up. Uh, let me reintroduce my guest. We have Andy Z in studio. He conducted the interview with me. Andy, welcome back. Thank you. And Noche Diaz, who is the national spokesperson for the Revolution Clubs, organizing for the revolution that Bob Avakian was speaking about. Noche, welcome back. Thank you. All right, so Noche, I want to start with you. Um, to give you a chance to react overall to what you heard, but also to speak. I know you have done a lot of work taking this revolution out directly to those that Bob Avakian is speaking about and speaking to there, including taking this interview out to them since it's come out in the last, it's, it finally came out the full third installment last night, but it's been serialized over the last three weeks. I want to give you a chance to, to share a little bit of, of what that's been like. Yeah. I mean, I do want to say first, um, I, it can't be emphasized strongly enough, you know, which you were referencing, that what we're bringing people when we introduce them to BA through these interviews is not a leader who's selling a bunch of political promises to people about how great things are going to be if they vote for them or blah, blah, blah. He goes very deep to where people live and to what they don't understand about the larger world and what they have a basis to be part of changing and and fights really hard for people to see their real potential in remaking 
society, the world, the future in a way that could be truly emancipating and to wrench something different out of this world of horror, you know, which he referred to in that interview Andy was talking about generations locked away in prison, especially black and black people and people of color blown away like Dejan Kizzy and, and others, thousands. The planet being the you know human race being threatened with nuclear annihilation because of the rivalry between the imperialist gangsters in the u.s nato and russia all of this which people see seems so big and so outside of what people have to deal with day to day just to survive when they're on you know going through their lives on the corners making their calculations like the youth he referred to who's thinking about what's going to be involved in going up against all this all of this that seems so big is what he is bringing people like that who this system has no use for into the process of remaking all of that and fighting for a different future of humanity. That's what you have an opportunity to become part of tomorrow, stepping into that Revolution Club Center. And I'm not just, you know, promoting an event. It's very important that people go there. But I remember you asked about working amongst, you know, uh, this, you know, people who are in this situation. One of the hardest things for people was crossing neighborhoods to come to a center like that. Because they knew that if they were seen by the wrong people going to the wrong neighborhood because of what they were, had been into or maybe still were into, they could get shot and killed because of the way people are, you know, divided up and lines are drawn between neighborhoods. And even when you try to lift your head and think about something different, even when you try to reach for something better, you can get cut down by the by the dynamics of just living in this rat race. So, so you know, people even just doing that, we had to we had to go together sometimes, put shirts on each other, <laughs> revolution shirts. And, and cross different neighborhoods and, and stand together, you know, even when things got very tense and literally bullets were flying past the people, okay? And, you know, I'm just trying to give people a sense of what, you know, what, what people are up against and trying to lift their heads and how much it means to people when they encounter someone who has not only got the most advanced understanding of the system and the possibility for a different world, but who has a deep knowledge and connection with the people who suffer the most under this system and how they can be part of getting out of this mess and getting all of humanity, the only way it can be done, which is by getting all of humanity free through an actual revolution to overthrow this system. When we were out in South Central over this last week, there was this, uh, you know, younger guy, you know, uh, uh, whose family member had just been gunned down in this way and in the, in the kind of stuff that happens amongst the people, you know, amongst the people fighting over different neighborhoods. And, you know, when he first saw people out with this and saw who, you know, what B.A. looked like, an old white guy. <laughs> he thought that, you know, there's no way this guy has any idea and knows anything about what people here are going through and, and what needs to be done about it. And then after listening to five minutes of it, he was like, oh, this is what this is. This guy is for real. Okay. This, you know, again, this is not just to, to hype up the interviews, although I definitely want to do that to everybody listening, but to realize what importance and what need this is filling and what possibility this is opening up by not only getting these interviews out, but coming together and fighting with people, not fighting, you know, with our hands, but, you know, really going to the hearts the way you do with friends, 
not the phony friends who kiss your ear behind <laughs> and tell you what you want to hear, but real friends who go deep and, and open up with you about what's our lives got to be about, what's possible. And like what he talked about, what time we're living in when we could do what previous generations who fought against oppression could only dream of. We have an opportunity in our lifetimes to actually bring about millions of a revolutionary people and have a chance to bring this system down. It's not a 100% chance that they're going to win. It's not we just have to accept the calculations of what we can get within this system fighting over corners or trying to get people in positions of power to listen to us. We can go for the whole world and a whole different world. And, you know, what you heard in that interview and what you'll become part of when we listen to it together tomorrow again and to, you know, really become part of a revolutionary community of people who are coming together to not, you know, just be a nice group of friends who are, you know, uplifting each other, but to be a group of people who are actually working together, striving and aspiring for a whole different world, taking up the leadership we have to do that, and really finding the joy in the, in the struggle to get humanity to that world. You know, Noche is speaking to this. Before him, Bob Avakian was speaking very deeply to what the what the youth at the bottom of society are caught up in and put through by this system and putting the onus on the system, but also struggling with those at the bottom to lift their heads and get with the revolution that can emancipate not only themselves, but all of humanity. And we want to talk about this. We want to invite you into this. Um, but before we go there, Andy. Yes. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you could comment overall if you have things on your mind after listening to what we heard and listening to Noche, but I'd like to ask you in particular, there was a dimension that Bob Avakian goes into more fully in the interview as a whole, but he mentions it briefly in this, in this excerpt where he says, there is more chance right now than I've had in my lifetime or yours, speaking to everybody watching, to really have a go at making a revolution. I wonder if you could speak some about what is this moment, what's he referencing there? Uh, thanks, Sansara. Look, um, let's not spa speak falsely. Revolution is a very difficult road. But there's two things to say about that. One, there's no other road to get free from this system. And this system has gone on way too long, and people are hurting and suffering, and the planet itself, either through nuclear war or through uh, or a serious war or through environmental devastation. The future of humanity is even at stake right now. So revolution's a difficult road at any time. And there's two things that the ruling class of this country has uh, uh, that, they, that they're going for it. You know, on the one hand, because they sit on top of the world and they bring all the, they throw all these toys and things at people and just your life, even if you're at the bottom of this society, there's a chance uh, and even for some of the homeless, that you can find a room where you can turn a knob and get clean water, and you're not walking 15 miles to get clean water. So there's, there's on the one hand what people have, and on the other hand is the brutal repression of the massive police forces. So it's very rare that you could actually make and win a revolution. And what he said, this is one of these rare times when revolution could be possible. He's saying that we are facing and we're on track for a really terrible future. A horrific future and we can see the shape of that now or there's a possibility for something truly emancipating through an actual revolution so what is the essence of that well number one you got to listen to the interviews okay and you need to go to revcom.us to read the paper something 
terrible or something truly emancipating. But in brief, the situation is the people on top of the society, the ruling class is deeply, deeply divided. And the, he's made the analogy in the past, and the analogy exists. It's very real that when the ruling class was divided, uh, it, it, that led into the Civil War, and during the Civil War, millions of slaves, saw, or hundreds of thousands of slaves, saw the opportunity to get in and join the Union Army in that case to defeat their slave masters. Now, we are not fighting to get on one side of the ruling class or the other because it is, as Malcolm X said, the, the, the vicious wolf on the one hand and, and, the, and the dangerous fox on the other, and they're both bloody jaw beasts. In all the euphoria that's going on now over that, that it was a draw in the recent election when the Democrats thought they were going to get decimated, this is a lot of BS for people because these fascists are still there. And that's what you have in this country now, a fascist movement that's been led by Donald Trump. And don't count him out necessarily now, but even if he does go, even worse, smarter, more disciplined fascists who have learned from him were going to come to power. And on the other hand, you have the people who want to maintain what has been the oppression of people all the time. So how does this give rise to revolution? Well, as I said, because slave masters are fighting each other, that gives you an opportunity. But also think about this. They are having to do things, they being the ruling class, as divided as they are, that cause people to suffer terribly, just take the recent overturning of the right of women to control their own futures, their to bodies, have the, yeah. in the overturning of Roe versus Wade, to not be allowed to control when and when they, when and whether they have children, to be forced into forced motherhood. This caused millions of people to sit up and think about what are they doing and why are they doing this? And this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is going to happen over and over again, and people are going to ask, why is this happening? And if there's answers out there, and there are, and they're in this interview, and they're in the work, and they're what uh, Noche was talking about, and the work of the Rev comes, and if people are out there saying, well, here's where the problem is. The problem is not that we don't have more Democrats who are police chiefs, mm. more black people, more Latino people. You see what these politicians do? You, you saw the city council here, the Latino city councilmen blaming it on the blacks, the blacks blaming it on the, on the Latinos, and everybody blaming it on the whites who have, do have some of it, uh, culpability, but it's actually not because they're white, it's because they're leading uh, and at the head of a system that oppresses people here and around the world, and it's the system that's the problem. People have to understand this, and you just mimic their ways when you're fighting for your block or, or this or that, or you're hustling for some job, or you go to college, and you're, all you can think about is how you're going to pay off your loan to hustle. People got to get out of that hustle, and they're going to be forced to confront terrible things with this confrontation between this fascist movement and these people who had been administrated, this terrible, terrible dictatorship of the rule of this capitalist class, as I said before, that dominates the economy and the political systems in the world and are leading us towards war and environmental devastation. So it's in this mix of things. When they are fighting against each other, if there's a force that starts gathering now, not next week, not next year, not when you finish this or that, but if we start gathering now and get clear on this, then we have a chance to overthrow this beast and begin work to bring about a radically different and far more liberating society on the road to really emancipating all of humanity. That's what you'll find in the third talk. All right. So I want to um, 
make one comment, and then we'll take a quick musical break and we'll open up for phone calls, um, which is that in light of what both of you are saying, I think it's important for people to understand that the, um, that the point of these interviews coming right now and the point of gathering tomorrow, as I understand it, it includes to a very great degree that there needs to be a fight for these to impact in society. Of course, you're going to get a lot watching it yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your sights raised. You're going to think about questions in a new way. You're going to see a lot of hope that you didn't even know was kind of suppressed in you and in others. But a big part of what, when I listen to Noche, when I, when I, when I listen to the whole interview, um, a lot of people are suffocating under a lack of hope, and it's and it's squandering the potential that exists for people to rise up and seize on this rare time that Andy was just talking about. And these interviews, there's a chance to come together to watch them, but there's also a campaign underway. Um, across the country, people are gathering to watch these together and to fight, to get them seen everywhere, to change what people are thinking about, acting on, and how they're relating to each other in a, in a mass way. Let's have a quick musical interlude and then we'll come back and take your calls. All right, so I want to acknowledge that Elaine called in and and gave, uh, she's not on the air, we're going to get Steve in just a second, but she called in and and very correctly pointed out the role of the CIA in allowing for, if not directly playing a role in bringing cocaine into the black neighborhoods as part of suffocating uh, a lot of the revolutionary spirit and current and also setting people up and and setting in, in motion a lot of the gang dynamics and criminalization. And that it is very connected to why we need a different system. This is built into the system and why we need an actual revolution. So I want to acknowledge that and welcome onto the phone lines. Uh, Steve, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi. So tell us where you're calling from and let us know what's, what's on your mind. I'm calling from sort of southeast Yorba Linda here in Orange County. Okay, great. Go ahead. And, yeah. 
and I do listen to the program regularly. Uh, what I wanted to point out to folks was is that this is an interesting time we're in right now, because if you take a look at most of the elections that just recently happened, they were very close to 50-50 as far as Democrats and Republicans. And to me, what that says is people are looking for some more information, because it's like a 50-50 divide between Democrats and Republicans. And so therefore, uh, it would seem to be an opportunity to put some more Put something else into the into the mix that people can uh, you know talk about and and relate to. Um, and I'm I'm not a real fan of the whole construction of you know there's folks way up there and there's us that is way down here kind of thing. You know the the vertical frame of reference talking about human beings. We're all walking around on the same planet here at the same street level mostly. And so it's the idea that getting through to people that. It's an opportunity now to start looking at doing things differently since mm. we seem to be kind of divided 50-50. All right, Steve, well, I want to thank you for that comment. Andy, Noche? Well, we are all just uh, walking around on the earth, but unfortunately, or what the situation is now, and it has been for uh, several thousand years now, is there are hierarchies. And the hierarchy that we live under is the hierarchy of capitalism and imperialism all over the world that is dominating the economies, that is exploiting people as its means of survival, that is, uh, and that we here in the U.S. live at the top of that pile. And we have to really come to grips with that. You know, and we don't have time right now to go into, but, you know, your cell phone is dripping with blood, as we've said many times on the Michael Slate Show, because it, the, the very components of it have, have, have taken uh, uh, young people children in the Congo to get the coltan out of the earth to put into that phone and workers in sweatshops in China where they had to put nets around the factories to prevent them the workers from killing themselves because of the brutal pace of this. This is a hierarchy that then gets enforced by the, by the governments around the world. So we have to look at the situation and say that this 50-50 divide, and that's of the voters, by the way, that doesn't include all kinds of people who either couldn't vote or didn't vote and all of this kind of thing. And the, the, may, the choice that people had was between oppressors. People do need information, but the information they need that they'll get from these three interviews is what kind of system do we live under? How does it function? What do we do about it? Can it be reformed? The answer to that is no. Don't take my word for it. Listen to the interviews. It cannot be reformed. Therefore, we need to talk about how we're going to get rid of that system and bring about a radically different world. And that's what that's what needs to happen at this point, or else the trajectory of this system will be continued to potentially lead to the extinction uh, of humanity or certainly a future that is almost unimaginable in its horrors. No, Jay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't want to add a whole long thing. It just, uh, in a funny kind of way, the, the, the divide you saw over this last election was with, you know, half the voters going for fascists, okay? Uh, lunatic, conspiracy thinking, not theories that are correspond to anything real about how the system works, but people who actually don't think black people and you know independent women and lgbt people deserve to have rights and 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 to exist on the same planet that we all walk on 
that's where that's what this country is full of. And it's more likely that on its own, these divisions are going to go towards either a civil war or a one sided slaughter carried out by those kinds of people. Now, why then do we say that this is the time where or a real emancipating revolution is more possible? Well, that's part of why you got to come and listen to this whole interview and become part of this revolution. You know, we have two minutes. We can't answer the whole thing right now, but it's on the one hand bigger and more serious and more dangerous than, than a lot of people are wanting to confront squarely and ripe with more possibilities than anybody can see on the surface. And this is why... The leadership and the sort of the, the understanding and the and the the roadmap that's being provided by what BA is doing is so exhilarating, important, and uh, <laughs> so so uh, it's such a great opportunity to involve people in in being part of tomorrow. You know, when when we come together and have this celebration. You know, you spoke about the fifty percent uh, that Steve mentioned who who voted for the fascists and what that represents. I just want to say the fifty percent who voted for the Democrats. These are people who largely there are a lot of decent people, but they are funneling their energies and way too much their money, their time, their hopes and having their sights constrained and lowered by what the Democratic Party is doing, which is a party of empire. And it is a party of conciliation and compromise with these fascists as well. Mm -hmm. And so there is a challenge. And I know that's a lot of our listeners. There's a challenge to look at what is really in the interests and the needs facing humanity right now. We have Ricky on the line. Um, go ahead and tell us what's on your mind. Well, actually, uh, I was glad to hear your radio station and what you're saying because I've always thought this for years now. And when I was trying to explain what you're saying to just my friends and people on a common level, they're like they don't have a clue that they're victims. You know what I mean? We're all victims of the uh, capitalists, and they got us living in economical and financial bondage. And everything you said is correct, and I took your address on Vermont Street and everything. In the future, I'm going to come visit you, or I'm going to donate also because... I just, in a nutshell, I could go on and on because I have my own personal view because I'm a disabled veteran from the Vietnam era, and I worked in aerospace and electronics, and all the electronics going on and everything, believe me, I got a good grip on every damn thing. But what bothers me is so many people in the general public act like they just don't have a clue what's really happening to us. And that's what I'm thinking, like, come on, you guys. Come on, you guys. Aren't you paying attention? But anyway, I know you said your time for the radio station and taking uh, calls was short. And I'm going to try. I took your number, phone numbers, and everything about donating everything. And I hope to visit you in the future. And make, I will be making contact with you because I'm all about you. All right. Thank you, Ricky. Noche, you want to respond? Um, uh, righteous on that. But, uh, but uh, again, I... Um, yeah, go on uh, the social media too if you have that. You know, um, at Rev Club underscore LA, and you can you know get, contact us directly as well. No, Chase, there a phone number. Uh, I just want to say one thing. If we have a minute or two, yeah, uh, this woman uh, uh, Elaine uh, uh, wrote in and said that the CIA, uh, you know, funneled drugs into the ghettos of this country, and and that's created a lot of the gang situations. Is absolutely right. But I want to just follow up on a point you made, Sansara. That too many people who support the Democratic Party opposed to these fascists among the Trumpists have been cheering leaders of the CIA because they oppose Trump. 
leaders of the U.S. military that dropped bombs on the people of Vietnam and, and Iraq and in, in Afghanistan. And we have to stop getting behind people because they're against, just because they're against the people you're against, that doesn't mean they're for you. Your interests, as Ricky just brought out, are not the same as the people who rule this system. There is a ruling class in this country and all over the world, and their time needs to be up. And it's objectively up, but subjectively, which means we, each of us as subjects, have to get together collectively and overthrow this system and bring about the kind of world where people could really interact with each other and be full human beings. And that's what this is all about. You know, I was also struck in what Ricky began with, saying, I've been thinking this for years and I'm talking to my friends and I can't get them to listen. And I think that's the feeling that many people have. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who know, that's what Bob Avakian was talking about. When you get people really honest and out of their situations and you see this break out in different ways. He talked about the gang truce that followed the LA rebellion. You can think about a lot of the heroic response of some of the youth who were caught up taking each other's lives just days before down in New Orleans, before the Hurricane Katrina hit, who banded together to rescue grandmothers off of rooftops who were proud of the thing that they did, more proud of that than anything they'd done in their lives. You think about the, the aspirations for a better way to live, to not be confined and reduced to what this system turns people into. A lot of people have that burning within them, but just like Ricky was saying, it's, it's suppressed. You take this out, a lot of people don't show you that side. They say, oh, we don't have time for that. That's not going to go anywhere. This is, this, is a, um, this is something you can only change working together. And this is something that Bob Avakian speaks to and draws out of people in a very, very powerful way. You got a taste of that. In what we played, Noche was describing some of the impact of taking this interview out on the streets of South Central, playing clips of it on street corners and having people say, oh, I don't have time for that, and then opening up after watching it. This is an opportunity, and there's urgency to this because the future is accelerating towards worse horrors. It's been intolerable, and it's accelerating towards worse horrors, and we have an opportunity to break through on that by coming together, by getting into what's in this interview, and by spreading it throughout society. Again, not each one teach one, but, but really making this take off and change the terms among millions of people and to be on a mission to do that together. And the interview as a whole, I want to let everybody know, it's at youtube.com slash therevcoms. You can watch all three parts. It's the, the Revolution Nothing Less show. Um, but then, again, as, as Noche has been emphasizing, there's a chance to come together in person to watch it together, to meet other people who have lives like you and lives nothing like you, but who care, and to learn from each other and to make plans and strategize together, even as you're learning about this revolution, even as you're processing how you want to relate to it, whether you agree with it, what you disagree with, all of this, to, to invite others to share that experience, have their sights lifted, know about, get to know Bob Avakian. You know, Andy said earlier, this is somebody who has been demonized, who has been slandered, and if you Google him, you'll see that. Of course he is, because he's got radical ideas that challenge the way the world is. And people who are invested in this world as it's been are threatened by that. And so they try to tear that down. That underscores why we need to come together, experience it for ourselves, and spread it throughout society, because it can make a world of difference at this time when the future really is in the balance. So I want to thank my guests here today, Andy Z. if you have a final word. 
Yeah, just two things. Uh, one, uh, you mentioned this question of demonization. Uh, you know, people now know about uh, Malcolm X. I cited something from him before. He was demonized. He was demonized not just by the big powers that be, but by reformists of all stripes. People didn't actually know what he was advocating. Now now that he's gone, they people look at the People need to look at Bob Avakian. But I wanted to make this point. Thanksgiving week, and many people are going to be getting together with family and friends. Well, you should. We're going to have a very short Revolution Nothing Less show on Thanksgiving Day. We come out every Saturday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, this week, we want you to watch these interviews online with your family, your friends, get into some really good, good arguments with them. And then on next Saturday, we're going to have a Zoom call that t t people all over the country can be part of uh, to learn about more, more about this and to discuss what they've, uh, what they've encountered. So that, that, that's, that's what I wanted to uh, add in, that, that if, if, even if you can't make it to uh, uh, the uh, Rev Center here in L.A. or to Revolution Books in New York on Saturday, where there's a similar uh, program going on, then go online and uh, show this to friends, and then we'll be talking with you on next Saturday. All right, and Noche Diaz, thank you as well. Real quick? Yeah, real quick, um, you know, what, what Ricky raised also at the beginning of, like, what you encounter when you go and talk to other people, this is why we can't be on our own. This is why we're getting together. This is why we're making plans together. When you go out to your family, this is how we do it. Call us, 323-671-9839. 323-671-9839. Give the number one more time. 323-671-9839. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for being here in studio with me. I want to thank Gary Baca for engineering, Henry Carson for producing. I want to thank the whole RNL Revolution Nothing Less crew for producing and editing the extraordinary interview that we shared with you today, just a portion of. My name is Sansara Taylor. I'll be back next week.
Yeah. 